what? Why is that in my clipboard? That's not. Get out of my clipboard. Oh, I did option Z. God. You know, I'm going to cut this out, but you know the, uh, the, the thing that Marco was talking about on ADP where uh, your keys get stuck? My freaking yes. option key is now stuck like that. Like it's it's still um, it still works, but it's mushy as fuck, and I don't know why. Uh, do you have to take it to the Apple Store to fix it? I it's guess. for one key. I don't know if I want to, right? Because the other option key works. It's it's the option key next to my arrow keys. So like I don't yeah. use that key often. Yeah, that's that sucks. Okay, so and we're back. Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 32 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going we're gonna to do a bit of follow-up from last week. I, I mentioned last week, we were talking about the Essential Phones module system, and we mentioned how it is uh, a wireless USB uh, thing that they're using. Uh, well, it turns out there is a standard uh, called wireless USB. Uh, I'm going to link to the Wikipedia page for it in the show notes, uh, which we'll find at twoshadesofbrown.com. But yeah, it is an official standard that allows uh, basically USB to happen over a, a small small distance uh, and speed wirelessly at a certain uh, frequency. So that's our follow-up from last week. Uh, we're going to move on to our first uh, big news. This just, this just broke as we were beginning to record this. Um, the iPhone event uh, coming up is has been scheduled for September 12th at the Steve Jobs Theater. In, San, uh, in Cupertino. Uh, so Christian, do you have anything to say about this? Are you excited? Are you hyped? Uh, I'm excited. Well, so this is the first uh, event being held at the new Apple Park campus. Um, the Steve Jobs Theater is in their new campus. Um, I'm excited for this piece. We're going to finally get final versions of iOS 11, uh, Mac OS 10.13, High Sierra, tvOS, watchOS 4, all of those great things. Um, What's most likely to be announced, right, is the new iPhone. Well, we haven't spoken about iPhone rumors yet, but basically, just because uh, every other podcast has been covering them, so, you know, you can get iPhone rumors if, <laughs> very easily. It's like McDonald's at this point. You just, like, walk, you just like go outside and it's in your face. But essentially what's going to happen is the uh, iPhone 8 is going to have that Infinity-like display that the S8 has. Um, it's also going to be an iPhone 7S and 7S Plus that have uh, keep the design with just slight refinements and all that. New processors, better GPUs, better battery life. Uh, probably, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple adds a coprocessor just for AR and machine learning processing with ARKit and CoreML. That wouldn't be that wouldn't surprise me. Um, a new Apple TV that supports 4K, and I don't think refresh Watch. Max. Watch? I don't think so. Maybe do you think they're gonna um, refresh? I don't the watch? know because series two was uh, because there's a new watch OS version coming and it's that's fairly significant, uh, I think, uh, on the watch. But watch OS is or I mean watches are on a two year cycle, right? Original watch well, like a year and a half cycle, right? It's it's closer to two years than it is just one year. So I wouldn't be surprised if early next year or later on this year the watch got refreshed. Although there have been a couple of rumors saying that the watch might be a hardware bump in terms of like better CPU, better battery, and a optional cellular model. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe maybe they'll do a slight watch refresh. Um, although I don't, maybe they'll make it thinner, right? If they do refresh the watch. Like out of all the things that I, I have complaints about, like the watch is maybe less bezel, more screen rate, and 
maybe thinner, but outside of that, it's more speed speed updates. I'd rather have them do with the watch in a current in like the current size than just making it thinner or anything else for the sake of refreshing it. Also, hopefully, watch always fixes the next version of watch always fixes the crashes, the memory leaks, uh, that cause my watch to reboot like every couple weeks. Uh, it reboots by itself, presumably. I've been hearing yes on that actually. Watch OS four from the uh, friends I have been beta testing it. So I'm not beta testing it right now just because Watch OS you can't uh, restore without sending it back to Apple, which is I, I get why there's no hardware port, but still it's a little silly. But from what I've heard, Watch OS four is looking very very good. Yeah, uh, hopefully bug fixes all around. Uh, so that's that's the news for. Well, although one interesting note that Apple released today. Spinning disks will not be upgraded to APFS with macOS 10.13. Only solid-state disks are going to be automatically upgraded. You can't even, they don't give you the option to run APFS on a spinning hard drive. So APFS is really not designed for uh, spinning, spinning drives. Then. So that's, that's what, what, what Apple is trying to say here, I guess. It's, it's really meant for flash storage only. And going forward, I would imagine there would be no more Macs uh, with with flash uh with non-flash storage uh spinning hard drives at all like you, do you think probably even for like uh, the mac pro right because if you want to get like 10 terabytes in there right although this is apple so i don't think they care about price but <laughs> 10 terabytes of solid state storage versus like a 10 terabyte like spinning disk is just mm. right but i think i'm for system disks i mean for uh like the Mac OS system disk, like in, even in the Mac Pro, I presume when you buy it, it comes with the like the, the the OS will be installed. Oh yeah, like the boot and like the uh, the OS partition and all that will be on a on the drive. That's that's. Uh, but yeah, uh, like Mac sense. Pro, obviously, you probably would be able to customize it with like as many disks as you want, uh, which would be spinning, but would be running HFS plus, I would assume, uh, still. So that's that. So yeah, so moving on from uh, the news. Uh, of the iPhone 8 event. Uh, more news of a redesign. Um, new YouTube uh, redesign. It, the logo is um, more red. Uh, that's, that's like the most obvious thing. Uh, it's, it's bolder too. If you, uh, it's easier to notice the red in it, but the black also as well. It is a stronger black. It was more muted before. Yeah, it's it's definitely like cleaner. Like uh, the UI is uh, like, I don't think they've updated the apps quite yet but i think they're still doing uh, updates across the board but the they updated the apps on ios though the ios app has been updated uh, yeah the, 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 with the new logo uh the new design is more material it has been moving towards material for a while but uh it's just they're using material as as their overall sort of uh design uh guideline so they're using a new font christian do you know uh what they're using here um, the font they're using for their logo is a custom in-house font. It's essentially the same kind of gothic, old, uh, early 19th century style font they're using beforehand. Uh, it's just that the uh, original one, the, over the years of tweaking the logo, they just ended up like individually customizing letters to the point where it wasn't like a set, consistent typeface. So they just kind of redid the whole entire one. Like the U in the word U and the U in the word tube were two different letters right in terms of how they look so now they made that more consistent um i gotta say this new website's nice it is uh, i've been using it like uh if you 
those uh they, they have been testing this for a while so if you had like a if you entered a certain cookie thing or javascript thing you could get the test version of this uh redesign uh the material redesign i suppose we could call it uh, and i had been using it for a while though i use it because it has the dark mode uh so the desktop version of youtube now has a dark mode which is immensely useful to me because youtube now is ex youtube has always been extremely uh white like it is it's it's so much white uh just like it's hard to hard to look at uh especially during uh nighttime it's it's it's, it's a bit too bright so so the dark, dark version is much appreciated and and the new version is much smoother but there's a lot of like weird things. I think maybe it's just bugs, but like searching sometimes is just like a bit slower. Like uh, it feels like there's more like the material sort of animation lag. Maybe I don't know if it's actually lag or like server lag. Uh, who knows? Uh, it's hard to tell with YouTube. Yeah, on the on, on yeah on the desktop website. Yeah, like on the website, right? Like some of the animations are. It depends. I think it depends on your browser because I'm using Safari right now. And I almost never get those animation lags. I think I, I think I know what's causing it, though. I want to say, um, knowing Google, most of this is probably some form of like JavaScript on the backside, right? So it's probably getting tripped up when it's loading data while trying to display an animation at the same time. Because that'll block the thread, right? It'll block the page from loading, and it gets an eclipse for a bit until uh, all the data is loaded. So I'm, I'm using Chrome, uh, Google Chrome on Windows, uh, but... Uh, I, I also I, I've been using the like obviously the non-release version. This this is all testing stuff as I mentioned earlier. So it's possible that they have fixed uh, any performance issues. Uh, but yeah, I think doing trying to do multiple things at once. Like if you click on a like say subscriptions and then try to do a search uh, while while the thing is still trying to like do its thing, uh, do its processing, it's it gets very weird and confused. So I'd imagine this. Yeah, that's all because right. It's um. It's all in the same web page, right? You're not reloading the web page, so you're dynamically loading content and all that, which uh, can, if I remember correctly, can fuck with the DOM sometimes and make things get laggy. But uh, I try not to touch JavaScript. Yeah. So the also uh, other changes with YouTube, uh, the mobile app is getting uh, like an adaptive player, so you can like resize the player, and it's better for uh, vertical videos. Uh, because vertical videos, like it or not, are, are fairly common. Vertical so. videos aren't bad. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. I, 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 just I mean, they're not. They're not really bad. Like it's it's the problem is like you have those black bars, but now YouTube doesn't have those. Black let bars. me let me reframe this context. Vertical videos aren't bad when viewed on a phone, right? Like if say for example, right, like um, Snapchat, right? You send someone a video, it's vertical. Is it really a problem, right? Like if it's a place for mobile, is the more like the highest use case, it makes sense to support vertical video. And for YouTube's case, most people watch YouTube on like their TVs or their phones, right? Compared to, yeah, mostly phones, desktop, I say desktop and then TV maybe? Or like TV and desktop, I wanna say nowadays are tied more together, but YouTube is definitely more on mobile. So it makes sense for them to support this. Also too, they added the um, adapt, not the adapted, but like the speed play, back settings right so you can slow down and speed up videos that's now in the mobile app. that's extremely good for like those really long like sort of like uh podcast videos or like let's play videos that you want to sort of like a like a total biscuit kind of video, i mean right? i always watch total biscuit and it's a target because uh that's the well no no if you want to speed it up maybe for some people he talks too slow right or so he talks think... too fast <laughs> yeah some yeah some people talk uh some youtubers talk a little bit uh too slowly yeah 
so that's 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 a good option to have. Uh, it's 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 much appreciated for people who don't want to like sit there for an hour uh, and watch a video and get it done in like thirty minutes instead. So that's the YouTube. Uh, well, wait, actually, I have a I have a question. I have a question for you. Do you subscribe to YouTube Red? No, I, it's not available in Canada. Wait, really? Yeah. Would you though? Would you though? When it rolls out to Canada, would you? Um, I have yeah, I have considered it mostly because like I I I do watch quite a bit of YouTube. Like it's it's probably my like I like I would probably say I have watched more hours of YouTube than I have watched any like TV shows. Yeah, that's why I pay proper. for it, right? Because YouTube is like the thing I use the most, and getting rid yeah, of ads I, like, I, I, helps. Yeah, like, like I watch a lot of like YouTubers. I would prefer to support them. Like I I block ads. Uh, everywhere and that uh, YouTube is not exempted. Uh, it's just uh, like I don't want ads. Like I don't want any malware. Uh, it's just a security thing mostly. Uh, so yeah, so YouTube, like yeah, I would prefer to support uh, people I watch on YouTube. And if YouTube Red was available in Canada, Google, please, for the love of God, roll out your things everywhere. Jesus Christ! Like I've complained about this before, so I'm not gonna do it again. But please, like I, I, I would like to support. Uh, people on YouTube, or maybe put like some sort of like donation option integration into YouTube. I don't know, like do something. Otherwise, I usually do what I do is uh, subscribe to people on on Twitch using my uh, free uh, Amazon Prime subscription uh, thing with that, that uh, with the Twitch Prime thing. Yeah, usually I usually do that uh, as a, as a like I usually support uh, people I watch on Twitch using that, uh, which is uh, handy to me. So, uh, like moving on, we have. This week's Patreon that you should support is Creatrix TR's page. She does written work across genres, performance work from burlesque theater pieces to performance art, online video, vlogging and short films, music and games. She does work on topics such as intersectionality, arts and tech, media, race, gender, creative sexuality, alternative education, and fandom. Your patronage will help her keep writing, creating, and producing content. She also sometimes does exclusives or sneaks previews as well. You can find her Patreon page at patreon.com slash creatrixciara. That's patreon.com slash c-r-e-a-t-r-i-x-t-i-a-r-a. Back to the show. From Moving on from uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube's mobile album, like YouTube's changes, we're going to be talking about, as promised, uh, uh, Christian's new segment, uh, Oreos. Uh, Christian reviews Oreos. So Christian, uh, you take the floor. So uh, y'all thought I was kidding. No, no, no. We're reviewing Oreos. Um, I've now gone four podcasts straight where I have a bit talking about Oreos and or snacks, and I'm happy with that. Um, but for the inaugural episode of uh, Christian reviewing Oreos, we are going to talk about Dunkin' Donuts branded, hashtag branded, mocha coffee frappuccino oreos these are oreos where the filling tastes like a mocha frappe have you ever had one of those before from like starbucks Mm, yes i think i have i don't quite remember i don't really drink starbucks that much but yes i probably have drank one of those so a mocha frappe for those who don't know frappuccino if you go to starbucks frappe you go to mcdonald's i don't know what the heck dunkin donuts calls them um it's iced coffee beverage with uh, chocolate syrup, lots of sugar, lots of cream, and it's all kind of whipped up a bit and uh, blended with ice. They're, they're good. They're terrible for you, mind you, because it is literally just chocolate and sugar. 
But so uh, they put it in an Oreo for the filling. And you know what? So let's actually start with the packaging, you know? When you go to unbox the Oreo, you, you, you like pull on this lever, it, it tears, it has a nice crinkle to it, you know? Um, and as soon as you open the box, the Oreos are just there sitting, like staring at you. It's very good presentation. I, I'm, I'm, Nabisco is do, does a good job for the unboxing experience of their products. Um, it doesn't have that new phone smell. It has more of a chocolatey mocha smell. Uh, but it just hits you in your face, but in, in, in a good way, in a good way. It's like being pleasantly tapped or booped, you know, not like a slap in the face. Um, the Oreos are neatly laid out in the package. It's uh, 30 cookies in total, I believe, for a price of $4 where I picked them up. So that's very good. Very good cost to cookie ratio for uh, our more price conscious viewers out there. And, you know, it's, it's quite easy to use. You pick up an Oreo, maybe put it in milk and put it in your mouth and eat it. And on the bite, you know, the crunch is um, not as good as their last revision. You know, it was definitely a, a hit and a little bit of a hit in the crunch quality. But uh, I, I, t I put that up to manufacturing woes because it's hard to produce millions of Oreos every day. But the taste of it, it actually tastes good. It tastes like a mocha frappe would, but also an Oreo. So, like, it tastes how you think it would taste, which is how I want branded flavored snacks to taste like um like if we have like those green tea kit kats and all those right i want it to taste how i think a green tea kit kat would taste like not maybe what actually a green tea kit kat would taste like right and this is how exactly it is with the oreos it tastes exactly how you want uh it's very usable um there is no camera so i can't speak about camera quality but for uh, for an established player, this is a solid move. Uh, a small good move, like a solid good cross branding move. You know, it's um, it's very on brand. It's very on point. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the Oreos that you do not eat? Uh, but yeah, like I mean, it sounds good. Like like uh, it's cross branding Oreo stuff. I mean, I don't think this stuff is available here. Like. A lot of stuff that is probably it's probably America. Dunkin' Donuts isn't really a thing here. I think it's, it's not as pop. It probably exists, but it does. It's not as popular. It probably is in the United States. So, considering their uh, their motto is "America runs on Dunkin'," I think they're not in Canada. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't be able to like sort of like they're already very established players in this market in Canada, as we all know. Tim Hortons. Uh, exist. Tim Hortons is probably the large player in that uh, market. Is also Starbucks, uh, obviously. Uh, Wait, Tim Hortons is where you go to get poutine, right? That is an insult. Uh, I'm not sure. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what poutine is. I don't know what Tim Hortons is. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! I'm sorry to any Canadians listening to this. Um, if Christian has offended you, it was not intentional. Um, he just doesn't know, I guess. Uh, but no, Tim Hortons is not uh, where you go. To get poutine, that's that's like the coffee place. That's like coffee, uh, tea, uh, donuts, Timbits, uh, stuff like that. Not poutine. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. But yes, uh, there are already established players in Canada. I'm surprised like Tim Hortons hasn't done. They pro probably have some sort of brand deals, but I'm not aware of them. But yeah, so that's our Oreo review for this week. Uh, next week, what do you have planned, Christian? Do you have anything planned? Um, no spoilers, you know, I don't want to give out the review, but it's definitely the Thinking Woman's Oreo. All right, uh, stay tuned for that, uh, that 
review. Uh, moving on from Oreos, uh, we have uh, a Google announcement, another one. Uh, this time it's another. Uh, Google's competing within themselves again. Uh, this is AR Core uh, announcement, an SDK, uh, AR SDK from Google. Uh, this is supposed to be the SDK that's being, that's like the more, like the more rolled out one. Like, so ta Project Tango, as we all know, has is, is only been on a few phones and very like sort of weird, like heavy, bulky phones. Uh, that are not like mainstream uh, oriented. And AR Core is meant to be the orient like mainstream uh, SDK that's available on all sorts of phones. Uh, so, Christian, do you have anything to say about AR Core? Um, I've been looking at some video examples. Uh, the Artist Technical link has some videos of the Via Verge article as well that also has some, and it's very interesting. Um, like it looks just it looks very it's like essentially right the google apple comparison in general right where it's like apple does something which is pretty great and then google gets like 80 or 90 percent of the way there with all the important bits checked off right and that's how it looks because um it runs on almost every android phone right right now i think they're only starting out with the pixel and the s8 um just throughout the preview but the goal is to have it run on everything from high to low end and from the demos right now but running on a pixel it looks pretty much the same as ARKit, right? ARKit might have a little better uh, tracking, might be a little more stable, but it's good enough. And I honestly think that this kind of AR perforation is great because as of right now, is either you build your own custom implementation. I think Unity and um, Unreal Engine had, uh, had some preliminary work in it. I think Facebook also is trying to get people to use their ARKit or AR um, system. And so essentially with uh, Google and Apple both providing middle layers that hopefully in the future, right, Unity and uh, Unreal Engine and all these game engines will let you abstract it out. So, right, if I'm making a game like a Pokemon Go style game that uses AR, it'd be nice if I could just uh, make it a Unity and then have Unity handle all the hooks, the AR core and AR kit. Um, that definitely help with uh, cross-platform games and all that stuff. But it's... I think Project Tango is probably dying. I don't... Um, yeah, so so the story here is uh, AR Core works with Java, OpenGL, uh, Unity, and Unreal. Um, it does motion tracking, environmental understanding, and light estimation, which is obviously... And the key thing here is it doesn't need all the extra hardware uh, that Tango needs. Like, Tango needs stuff like uh, a time-of-flight camera, an IR projector, a fish-eye motion camera. Uh, you don't need any of that for this. Uh, so this is just, so you can do it with the regular phone hardware as as the Google Pixel or the Galaxy S8. Uh, so yeah, I, I think Project Tango was like sort of like an experiment to see what, what you could do, like what sort of stuff you can sort of build out. Uh, and it's like, Project Tango obviously didn't go anywhere other than a few like very expensive uh, sort of developer devices. I don't think it really got any sort of, uh, developer attention either so i think google's probably going to kill tango in favor of uh AR, AR core and it's it's the both the sdks are not compatible with each other so you're gonna have to pick and uh, i would bet people are going to pick AR core uh, because this, that just makes more sense he's gonna have and even too tango required so much hardware that made the phone bulky and all that like i think Tango's still a good idea to have dedicated sensors that do it but what really like What's the probability of getting every phone to start shipping with Tango sensors? Yeah, it's it's not going to happen because it's uh, a it makes the phones bulkier. B, it it makes them more expensive and like it's it's, it's a lot of sensors. It's like 
uh, as I mentioned, like three sensors uh, just for Tango alone. And yeah, that, and not everybody's gonna want Tango, so there's no point. Like no OEMs gonna just like like accept like we, we're gonna have to build phones with all those sensors now. Uh, so AR core is gonna be like the Google, it's gonna be Google's like sort of like mainstream AR project. Uh, Tango is probably gonna die uh, in favor. Of, I, I don't know if they're gonna kill it. Who knows? With Google, they might just kill it like a couple years down the line. Uh, you never know. But for now, uh, AR core is a thing, and it's it's it's, it's cool stuff. Isn't it kind of sad though how Microsoft's just getting played right now? <laughs> they they were the first right with the Hololens and all of this like kind of really cool AR stuff, and now Google and Apple are pushing out the middleware implementations that. Uh, everyone's probably going to use like if microsoft is smart i think peter bray actually had a piece on this too on ours essentially they would just add a bunch of ar stuff to xamarin and net and all that sort of stuff and like take their hall and sort of platform and open it up past windows to run on phones and all that just for the uh just so they could try and own some of this market yeah this is this is all like uh uh, it's this is this is sounding like deja vu. Like Microsoft, like it feels like this has happened to Microsoft before. It'll continue to happen to Microsoft, uh, where they like do this thing that's that's innovative, uh, and but they don't get like the market share or mind share. Uh, I still think that the Hololens stuff uh, is very cool. Uh, I think they're still very enthusiastic about that. But I I don't know. Like Android is a huge platform, and Google's obviously like pushing going all in. All obviously Apple is also coming in. Uh, that's a fairly significant player in the market as well with a lot of mindshare. So I don't know where Microsoft stands with this uh, right now. Uh, I guess the time will tell which one is sort of like, like this market is still, it's still early days. Uh, I I wouldn't bet against Microsoft yet, uh, but it's it's not looking extremely hopeful uh, at the very least. So that's, (laughs) it's a bit sad, yeah. So moving on from Google, uh, AR Core. Uh, we have some phone news. Uh, we have the announcement of the LG LG V30. The what do you call this? The Note equivalent for LG? Like, is this like the Note? Well, there's no stylus, right? I mean, no, but it's see- like the similar sort of. Uh, Honestly, I'm calling this the S8 competitor because the G series from LG has not been great recently. Like the most recent G phone, the G six, was um okayish, right? It was way better than the G five with that really weird modular system they had, and the phone's fit and finish on that was just not great. Like there's cracks in the seams and all that sort of stuff with the G six, um, or the G five rather. G six was good. I say the V thirty is definitely like this is the one that's good enough to compete with the S eight and the Note. Maybe the problem with comparing this to the Note is that while this has a bunch of power user features and like the high quality DAC all that sort of stuff, right? There's no pen. So I don't, I, the note's still in its own league of its own just because of the S pen. I mean, I wasn't comparing like, a, it's like a, it's like an equivalent, like the product line, like uh, the power user stuff, I think is, it's it's not definitely the exact same, but note is definitely, it's sort of its own thing, but it's definitely in a similar sort of uh, demographic, target demographic probably uh, for this versus the note. Uh, the phone, obviously, as it's just trend, it's, it's, it's an OLED screen. Uh, Snapdragon 835, 4 gigs of RAM. Uh, it's all the usual stuff. Uh, 3,300 milliampere battery. So it has a, it has wireless charging. It has a micro SD slot, which is which is a unicorn these days apparently. 
Uh, it also has USB Type-C and three, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. So is LG gonna be the remaining sort of like uh, headphone jack and micro SD slot uh, sort of other than in, in the high end? Yes, I think, because it has the uh, B&H DAC as well, right? They have a partnership with them. So LG's not going to remove that headphone jack until that partnership's over, and they probably renew it because uh, everyone who has reviewed the V30 or the V20, the last gen phone, the general consensus is that that phone has really great sound quality. Uh, yeah, BNO, like, I mean, the yeah, the LG, ha- the, the DACs in the V, the DAC in the V20 is, is very, it's, it's some good quality uh, audio there. So yeah, it's glad to see that's still there. They still have the bundled BNO Play headphones, which is just cool. Those are actually fairly expensive, so uh, imagine that's a that's a BNO is taking a loss on them, maybe. But uh, yeah, so this is this looks like a like a lot of people in the comment sections have been saying, like in the R's comment section, have been saying that this is like like all the stuff that they wanted the SA to have, but didn't have like the power user stuff, like the micro SD card. Uh, Oh, sorry, the note, right? It does. It has the it has the micro SD card. It has the wireless charging, uh, and then the uh, three point five millimeter headphone jack, which which is also in the note, right? Uh, the note has the headphone jack. I don't. Know. No, the note has the note has the SD card and all that. It's just that the um V eight or V thirty. God, V eight. <laughs> the LG V the V thirty has um it, the built in software is uh Samsung's been tweaking down TouchWiz, right? LG has been getting wild and lit with their software. So like you can do, you can like record the raw on the built-in camera app, right? For example. So like LG really takes an emphasis on adding power user features. Um, also, yeah, this is, I mean, this phone, I'm looking at it. It also has a better uh, fingerprint sensor positioning uh, than the Samsung uh, iterations this year, uh, which is, which is, uh, which is nice, I suppose. Also, does does this like have the problem that the other LG phones have had? Like the LG has a reputation of uh, are their phones boot looping due to bad uh, bad flash uh, flash storage. Uh, I think the LG G five there was a class action lawsuit. Uh, I think for the LG G five because it was it was a fairly widespread issue, uh, and they they have a reputation now at this point. So so that's that's something to watch out for. But like I don't think. Maybe it's probably fixed. It's probably not. Probably not there. We'll see when the reviews come out, or or in the future, if there are any issues like that. Yeah, and then some uh some smaller bits, right? The it has an OLED screen, so there's gonna be daydream support. Um, there's also the camera, right? So it's uh sixteen. It has a two camera system that a bunch of phones are having nowadays. One is a uh sixteen megapixel um Sony lens, uh has optics image stabilization, 1.6 aperture. The uh, wide angle lens is going to be 13 megapixels, um, no optic image image stabilization and a 1.9 aperture. And so I don't know what these, I don't know. Do you think that like these two camera systems are worth it? Cause you have the seven plus, right? So you, sh- you, have, you have two cameras. And uh, um, to be honest, I, like I rarely like make like the the second camera like what is it useful for like the portrait mode right which which is which is which by the, and for zooming in uh, I never do zoom ins and I rare well and also too there's the ARK yes, benefits but not right now well. uh, as it is uh, the feature the portrait mode feature is also uh, still in beta I would imagine it probably will come out of beta soon 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't like I I bought the plus because I like the bigger screen. I like the camera thing is is really just like a plus, and like feel like it's not really useful to me. Like personally, it's not not useful. Like I don't find like the gimmick I suppose uh, useful all the time. Like I, I'm I'm not zooming in or I'm not taking a lot of uh, portrait mode shots. And the portrait mode is really nice. It actually works quite nicely. Uh, it's, it's a very cool feature, but uh, it's it's at that it's, it's mostly a gimmick. I don't use it that much uh, in my day to day use of the phone and the camera. So personally, it's 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 mostly a gimmick. Like the stuff I saw with the at the Note Eight uh, press conference, it's similar stuff. It's all it all looks like gimmicks to me. Uh, it's a new gimmick, I suppose. It's not like a hardware thing. It's like a using the dual camera to use like some software trick, uh, software gimmick uh, for doing like bokeh and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good gimmick. I mean, it's it's at least better. You remember that one HTC phone that had the three D screen? I don't like which one was this? Oh my! Do you not? Hold on a minute. I'm googling this real quick. It had a three D screen. It was a Sprint exclusive. Oh, that sounds. That's um, both of those things don't sound like as a recipe for success. The Evo three D. You don't remember the Evo three D? Ooh, I, I, no, I, like, back then I didn't really know much about phones, but I've heard of the Evo 3D on, I think on the Android Police podcast. Oh my god, what is this phone? What is? Yeah, it, it, it is, it is an interesting looking device. Oh my, I'm sending you this link right now, we're talking about this, because what is this phone? It, <laughs> yeah, that was a time, that was a time of weird gimmicks, I think, it really is. It's wow, that is that is something. And God, that Android UI. Uh it's 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 a throwback for real. It has a big clock widget. I remember ACC phones used to have that. Oh man, that droid sands. Look how thick that thing is. T H I C C thick. God, that it had two cameras. Look at that. ACC was a real trendsetter. It had two cameras. Depth of a fake bokeh effect. Yeah, yeah. So this was I mean, this this was like uh, this was just a time of weird gimmicks, and uh, HTC's tried this thing. Obviously, it didn't quite the 3D thing really never went anywhere. Uh, obviously, like it was not a popular sort of gimmick, but it was interesting to see what OEMs try as gimmicks. Like uh, LG tried the modular system, which they gave up on. I think, right? They they did give up on that. Uh, the G6. Yeah, that um, they they didn't. Motorola is the only one who's still doing their modular system. Well, and essential now too, right? And essential, yeah. So we'll see. Like some of these gimmicks pan out. Some of these gimmicks stay. Like the notes pen was originally called a gimmick by everyone, uh, but uh, as Samsung has repeatedly mentioned, it, it's fairly popular and it is it's quite in demand. Uh, and it's it's a unique gimmick. Like nobody else does the pen thing either. So it's it's a fairly significant thing. So. Like the thing, the sort of theme here is differentiation uh, is hard in the smartphone market now because uh, we mentioned this last week. It's really hard to stand out. Uh, like everybody has the hardware. It's about the design. It's about if you have a nice gimmick that people like. It's, it's so many like factors uh, included. So it's, it's really hard to differentiate. It's always interesting to see what OEMs do. So that's that's like all our topics uh, this week. Uh, do you want to talk more about the 3D uh, thing? But uh, I don't think. No, I don't think we want to talk more about the 3D HTC phone. I think we're good on that one. 
Yeah, we're going to put a link to a PC World article. Oh, God, PC World. I haven't read that in a while. But, uh, yeah, so with that, I think we're going to... So we, we can find us on twoshadesofbrown.com. The show notes are there. You can contact me on Mastodon at staticsafe at mastodon.sombacloud.com and Christian. I am at C-C-O-L-O-C-H-O at C-Y-B-R-E dot space. And with that, goodbye. Bye.